This is Renegade Femme for the Revolution. I'm your host, Zuleika. This week on Renegade Femme for the Revolution, I'm joined by Latoya Gamble. Latoya is owner of Heaven in Your Home Catering and One Body Many Members, a nonprofit organization she established to help folks that are transitioning out of homelessness into a more stable way of life through advocacy and a culmination of resources. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So thank you, Latoya, for joining me today. My pleasure. So I wanted to invite you in um, because we've met recently, a few months back, officially, because I had actually met you. I don't know if you remember the afternoon over at... uh, Baker 27. Yeah, yeah. But we officially met during one of your spectacular events. You're a place to call home gala. Yes. And for those who are listening who do not know LaToya, uh, this is LaToya Gamble. She is a caterer and a homeless advocate and so many other wonderful things that we're going to learn about today. So if you could just introduce yourself. and um, <laughs> Yes. So my name is LaToya Gamble. I have a catering company called Heaven in Your Home Catering. And I have a ministry called One Body Many Members. So I would kind of like to just, you know, run people down the timeline on that situation Mm -hmm. today of just how they can overcome life kind of like a a thriving to surviving or surviving to thriving. Right. And this is through your ministry. Through my ministry. So tell tell me about the ministry and the work that you do through that. So the ministry, One Body Many Members, what we do here in our community is just uh, focus on our unfortunate um, homeless people that stays in uh, tenant areas in the woods or local lodges and motels here. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you find, how do these people find you or how do you find them? So basically it's me finding them, basically me going back to my roots. I used to be homeless. I've been homeless twice in my life and um yeah, one of my stays were in the local lodges and motels here mm-hmm. in our community. So nobody came for us, sort of say, because mm-hmm. um, most people ride by and don't really think about people just live there. They might think people just go there to rent a room for a night or two and then get in their car and go on up to their next destination. Mm-hmm. But not true. People stay there, and everybody that stays out there are not drug addicts or are not doing anything bad. Um, so right. me and my family stayed out there. Nobody came for us. So I just you know, made that a point of view when I did get up out of there mm-hmm. to always make sure I went back. Yeah. So you have that firsthand ex- experience of feeling unseen yes. by the world. Yes. You know, the rest, we're, we're all out here trying to live our lives and, and do the, the small things that we have to do every day. And yes. sometimes you know, we don't really understand or, or really see the world that's around us in its full, in its full view. Right? Yes. So it's not that people are ignoring or they're, they're unaware. It's, we're also tied into our daily survival mm-hmm. that it's hard to notice other people's suffering. I call it the um, people don't see it as a bird's eye view, meaning you're not mm-hmm. really seeing the whole over thing. Like you said, you're mm-hmm. just kind of looking at it from your perspective or right. your little way. But it is a 
whole nother world. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I mentioned at the start where we officially met at your gala yes. uh, a few months back, which was, you know, really beautiful. Got a chance to dress up. <laughs> it's one of my favorite nights. And just really, um, you know, I was really hit hard by some of the stories that were shared. And I remember that scene where you had uh, those of us in, in, in the audience that paid, you know, bought tickets to go to support the event, uh, be part of reading out loud the stories of some real people yes. that were there that have experience with homelessness and, um, you know, lack of resources. And mm. there was one that was really hard to digest because some of the some of the stories are very familiar. You know, someone loses their job mm-hmm. or they lose their their home through you know many reasons or different obstacles. They get sick, mm-hmm. um, they get thrown out, you know, family or whatever it is. One of the stories that was really hard from for, not just for me, but I looked around the table, and um, everyone kind of looked down for a little bit. And it was a story of the the college kid. Yeah. who was homeless while attending our local university mm-hmm. and um, because he didn't have money to pay for housing. Yes. And that was, it was really hard for people to comprehend because you, you don't really understand them. Like you send a kid off to school, they're supposed to be, you know, taken care of. They're mm-hmm. in a home, they're, they're in uh, campus housing or mm-hmm. apartment housing, whatever it is. That's part of the whole experience of going to college. Yes. And to think of this young person who left their family to come to, to pursue an education, higher education, mm-hmm. and then find themselves without a place to stay. It yes. was really heartbreaking, you know, to, to imagine that scenario. And um, I think that was one perspective that people aren't used to hearing. Yes. Not only that there are a lot of young people out here that are um, homeless, mm-hmm. you know, not through drug use mm-hmm. or being thrown out of their homes or running away. A lot of these yes. kids find themselves in situations that are outside of their control. Mm-hmm. And in that case, um, one of the questions I had was, well, where, where was the faculty in this? Mm-hmm. Where, where was the university in this? Where was the community? Why, why did this happen to this kid and why was it allowed to even happen? Like I said, people don't see stuff in a bird's eye view and, and not discrediting the college at all it's just mm-hmm. so many people out there so many things so it's easy for people like him to fall in the cracks um the stories that we did have they were true stories mm-hmm. I actually interviewed you know and I knew like I just didn't put names with it I want right. to keep them confidential right. but all of the cards that was read that night or anything you see on the table mm-hmm. they was actually true stories from people who did stay out here and then yes and when I got to him and wanted to know okay what is your story mm-hmm. um it is heartbreaking because <clears throat> his parents, both of them died in a car accident, mm-hmm. but their dream was for him to go to college and continue education. Mm-hmm. And so he did what all he had to do to go to college and continue his education, and that was working and um, paying for school out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had some financial you know, assistance because of grades was good, so he was able to apply for some of them, Pell Grants, Hope Grant. Mm-hmm. But the living and the eating they just fell. He had to just, you know, that just kind of just fell in mm-hmm. the uh, category of him 
you know, not having something had to be give, gave right. up, and his education wasn't going to be one of them. So right. that's right. where my ministry steps in and helps feed and helps house and help, you know, those people mm-hmm. just kind of just, you know, on, the, on them last legs or just need a little hands up. Right. I said hands up, not hand out, because some people right. just need hands up, yeah. you know, just to make it, just to, you know, make it a little bit more further. So right. that's yeah. what this ministry is about. Yeah. So can you give us an update on him? Yes, he is in his senior year this year. Praise God. So I am so excited. I'm ready to go to the graduation. (laughs) So he's in his senior year. Um, I still feed him every day. Like Mm -hmm. he he got my personal number. He know if he can call me, he can come sit at my table if I can go bring it to him. However, um, that me and my husband can help, you know, him Mm -hmm. in this uh, walk of life. We're going to do it because... He's majoring in a good, you know, major, and I just do believe he's going to be one of the ones that's going to change the world. So right. I, I will be honored to, you know, even if he never mentions me or never says anything about my ministry, I'm just honored to be able to say I fed him. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I was, but, yeah, we're looking forward for the graduation. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm happy to hear that. So you talked a little bit about your experiences, what, led you to start this organization because you wanted because you can relate so deeply with people that have struggled you wanted to to turn around and give grace to the opportunities that you had and pay it forward even to the people that's on drugs because hearing the stories it related to my stories Mm -hmm. I was molested when I was young Mm -hmm. and um more than once and so by family members. So uh, that being said, that led to me being a promiscuous life and just not knowing who I was and and trying to numb the pain mm-hmm. with drugs and um, just whatever. So, you know, like no child wakes up or when you see drug addicts or when you see prostitutes or when you see whoever, they have a story. They just don't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be a drug addict one day. You right. know, or, hey, I'm going to do this. They have a story. So my my intention is to find out what's your story. Once you can find out what the story is mm-hmm. or what the root of that tree is, then you can start dealing with that root to have a healthy tree. So that's what I had to experience with my own life. And so I'm able to go back out here and say, okay, deal with these people, not judging them for what they are, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Just kind of have an ear of how, you know, how was your story? And once you hear some of these people's stories, it's kind of like, yeah, you can just see how fortunate you are. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people's stories is just really my story generally. And so I'm able to navigate to them how I navigated through life or mm-hmm. how what helped me you know um, a lot of people say well I don't have that story so I can't help nobody yes you can because a listening ear everybody has some type of resource mm-hmm. to give to somebody so you know you can help you know I have one lady to say I can't do nothing donate you a case of water a week guess what that water helps right it helps. So, it you know, you don't have to be a big millionaire. My one body many members is saying everything for itself. It takes everybody 
to make up oneness. Mm -hmm. And I use the illustration about your fist, you know, one finger, two finger, but if you ball that fist up, it's a powerful impact. And so that's kind of how it is that I want people in our community to know that we don't, I love missionary trips to go to Africa and I don't, you know, I don't knock the churches that do that, Mm -hmm. but start here in your own community where it's right here in front of your face. Right. And you can have immediate impact. Yes. By just simple things like yes. helping to feed someone or give them some level of dignity by yes. just even acknowledging that they are part of this world too. Yes. They're a part of this community as well. And I think in, in that small way, it can really, you can help in that way if you can't help in, in any other way. Exactly. Just acknowledge that they're human, uh, have some compassion mm-hmm. you know, just because someone's life or direction or actions are different than yours doesn't make them any less Exactly. Um, deserving of, of love and, yes. and compassion. And I liked, um, we talked a little bit earlier before we got on about One Body, Many Members, and your goal is to have the available resources that are in the community, you know, at this local level, city level, yes, uh, state level, that you can then provide or yes. help these people find the resources for. And some of the, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges for people to get, even to get to those resources because they exist. Yes. But they're, they're hard. For someone who is coming out of homelessness, mm-hmm. if they don't have a vehicle, if they don't have small resources like transportation or friends and family, um, what are some of the challenges that you see firsthand with just that part of it, like how hard it is to even access the resources that are available. It's very hard. Um, no transportation. No. Um, when you're coming out of homelessness, you're really um, oblivious to resources. Um, and then when you you try to go to certain things you're not really getting the full information that Mm -hmm. you really you're not getting the breakdown what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. of um yeah like go fill out for this and go fill out for this or go so and so but you you gotta have a direction on okay how do i go you know or you basically ain't saying you gotta have somebody to babysit you but you really gotta have somebody that's gonna be patient and take their time and say okay let me get you to this place once i get you to here then Mm -hmm. they're gonna take you and do this not just you know I think with nonprofits these that they get so many people in and it's a kind of frustration like when I was when I was homeless I called for on a resource to help me but I wasn't able to get to my appointment so by me missing that appointment when I tried to call back and get assistance again they mm-hmm. was like no you can't because you missed your appointment right. and I'm like well I didn't mean to like I didn't at the time I didn't I had to use somebody else's phone for one thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to get the appointment and then I didn't have the transportation like I thought I was going to have that day to get there right. but once I was trying to explain to them what happened it was just like a no it was like a cold no like right. yeah like so yeah. that kind of in itself kind of you know make you just feel like well what's the point right there's all these obstacles yeah unnecessarily put in place yeah. to almost distract you or um maybe distract is not the right word but but keep you from from doing taking these small steps that can actually help yes right like i said yes. the resources are there but they're not 
set up in a way that can actually help someone exactly. if you don't have a vehicle, especially in the state. Yes. You know, it's not like public transportation is, is open to everybody. Um, and even if it were, you know, $5 to get somewhere, it, it's an obstacle for some people. It is. And so it's wonderful that the world has people like you that have, they have enough compassion and have come out of it and understand the challenges to where you are actually creating something that can help people and not create more obstacles for yes. them. You know, it's, it's difficult enough to find yourself in that situation where you, you, you are, you do have to ask for help. Not everybody can, can do that. No, not everyone can ask for help, no matter how <laughs> desperate they are. Yeah. It's like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure mm-hmm. it out. I'll figure it out. You know, yeah. while digging that hole deeper and deeper and yeah. deeper. Um, I'm one of those people. It's, it's so I can I can relate to that. Yeah. It's, it's very challenging to just say, you know what, I need help. It, it's very um, challenging, yeah. especially when you're not used to it. You're used to just kind of doing it for yourself. Right. And I try to provide that. It's the little small things. Like I have people that say, I donate canned goods. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say no uh, because they don't think about if I don't get the pop-top canned right. goods. Yeah. People with can openers. Right, you need it, a can opener to it's, open. It's, it's kind of useless, right. you know. Yeah. So I kind of be like, he, but now I have started saying, okay, if they, if you do get it, can you make sure they, you know, they pop top, you know, right. because I'm like, oh, okay, it's just small things to try mm-hmm. to, like you say, help people with those little small obstacles because you just never know. Like that makes a difference with somebody right. who don't have a microwave, who can't, you know, they can just pop it and eat it from the can. Right, that's just. You're right. It, it's things we don't talk about. I mean, yeah. Plenty of us, I'm sure, a lot of my listeners that I know firsthand have, have done a lot of this type of community work. You know, yeah. we do the food drives and, yeah. and we do the walks yes. to raise money. And, you know, they're all feel good things, but mm-hmm. we never really stop and think about how is this actually impacting the person on the other end? Exactly. Um, what What is it that they really can use? Exactly. Because you know? I had a lady that come out from the hotel I served at and gave me a bag full of uh, canned goods. Like, she couldn't use them. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'll just go home and cook it up and bring it back to you. But, you know, but it's, it's it, the organization that gave it to her, not mm-hmm. not discrediting them, they just not thinking. Like you right. said, that the person at the other end, they can't use them because right. they can't open them. Yeah, and it's, you know, these tiny little resources that – there's so much that we take for granted. You know, you think that you are lacking. Yes. You know, we think we're suffering. Like, as I was talking to you earlier, I'm like, geez, here I am, like, you know, trying to figure out different moves and different different things. You know, we all do that. We're so caught up in, in our next thing and our yes. big dreams. And, and you know, it's hard to kind of step back sometimes and, and just imagine, like, someone else's dream today is just, I just want to eat. Something. I just want to eat. Oh, yeah. I want to smell good. I don't have a deal. I just want to shower. I want right. to shower. I, I just want to brush my teeth. I don't yeah. have a toothbrush, you right. know, so a toothpaste or things that we overlook right. is detrimental to somebody else. It's yeah. detrimental to somebody else. So, yeah, just trying to bring that awareness to mm-hmm. uh, our community more that, um, yeah, we just got to work together to make this happen. Yeah, I think I think some of the things that we could start talking about too as a community is how do we take all of these resources, all of this money that goes into these programs because they get private donations, they get state funding, they get federal funding. How are they actually helping people? And are, is it, is it, are they being 
used or, or are they working in a way that is actually beneficial to the people that need these resources? And I mean, it all benefits the community, right? Like if, if we're a beautiful town with beautiful parks and beautiful landscaping, and then you turn the corner and there's this field full of tents and, you know, people with children and they don't, they can't feed them. And you have restaurants that are shutting down because they don't have enough people to work. Well, here's a bunch of people here that you could actually yeah. employ. But I understand that's, act- that's another challenge yeah. is you, you can get a job. How do you get to the job? Yeah. Um, so there's all of these amazing resources. Yeah. But they're all so disconnected. It's disconnected so much. Like, I could get people to jobs, but you got to look at now they don't have a driving license. So right. now they got to go get a picture ID or a birth certificate, two forms of ID. So you got to figure out how to get these people what they need. Yeah. I come across a lot of organizations tell me to, you be careful. I know that person, you know, they're no good, but you, mm-hmm. that's no, that's not your decision. Right. Your decision, your job is to be patient enough to see how can, because it, I have ran across some people who are just trying to get over. Right. But once you sat down and talked to them, and make them feel like they human, mm-hmm. that they don't have to get over. Right. They actually can just be over it if they do it the right yeah. way. Because they're getting over because that's how they've learned. You it's know, learned. You, you have to somehow. You have to beat the system because the system's not set up to it's actually help you. It's not set up to help you the right way. Right. Yes. Right. So, where do we start with that? I'm hoping we need a big conversation. Like, we need to sit down at the table and just say, okay, well, you're good in this area, you good in this area, and we all good in this And then we all combine to say, mm-hmm. okay, let's just make this right here work. That's what I'm hoping for our community. Like I said, we have the resources. It's just that we're not pulling together all of the resources. It's just so disconnected. Mm-hmm. So one body, many members is just that. Want to pull everybody together to work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. No big eyes, no little you, nobody, everybody trying to be the chief. Let's just mm-hmm. get it done. Because I believe if we do it the right way, we wouldn't have no homelessness in, in, in Carroll County. That's just my theory. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't if we did it the right way. Well, it starts one person at a time, right? Yeah. And you're definitely on the right path. You're one person inspiring many others. Um, I know for, for me, it was wonderful to be a part of that event. You know, whatever small role I played in it, I'm, I'm sure my role will grow as we get yes. to know each other. And, and maybe this is where it starts, is with these conversations and really highlighting a lot of what, what goes on behind the scenes and what people don't see. You know, we're so used to seeing people out on the street or asking or, um, you know, understanding that this, this can happen to anyone at any time. It can you know, happen. It's not, I mean, obviously education doesn't play a part in it. This kid who yes. was here following that ended up yeah. homeless. Um, I know you've, you've come across people that, you know, came from middle class who yes. were buying home. One of the stories I heard yes. was... That couple that, were, that used their entire life savings to buy a home and it turned out to be a scam. It turned out And they out lost to be, everything. Yes. Um, it wasn't because they did anything wrong. Mm-mm. You know, it's, we're, we're all out here following our path and, and trying to do the best that we can. And sometimes circumstances are, are that where a lot of things can spiral very quickly down. And sometimes it takes 
your heart and your mind down with you too, to where you can't even see how to pull yourself out of it yeah. because of, you know, we don't talk enough about the emotional and the mental um, plays and obstacle that go into some to a situation of someone losing their home. Yes. You know, that's that's your safe space. That's you know what you really start understanding what a home means when you are so down like that that you really you you can't ask for help mm-hmm. um, because you know there's you just you don't even know where to begin you don't and, know where to begin right and then the hotels rates are so high time you trying to get up on your feet the next mm-hmm. bottom week unrolled around for you to pay your two hundred dollars a week right. you know what i'm saying or three hundred dollars yeah. a week so when you're trying to get yourself back together yeah it's, it's all these little things that can you know just come down on you so hard and mm-hmm. like you said you for you at one point even just saying like what am i doing all this for yeah you know let me just just this is the new lifestyle and i'm sure that happens for the majority of mm-hmm. people where you just you give up yeah and i think that's another side of it that that doesn't get addressed is mm. the emotional toll, the mental toll yes. that this takes. I mean, there's a lot of us out here suffering with depression and, yes. and addictions, mm-hmm. and we're living pretty good lives. Exactly. You know, it's because of not being able to manage certain stresses or having the capacity to cope with certain things. So yes. just imagine when your stress is compounded, not mm-hmm. just by, I don't have a place to live, or where am I going to eat, or mm-hmm. how am I going to do this? I can't even think about getting a job Exactly. When you know, there's exactly. all these other things that that, mm-hmm. that, sur- that are necessary for my survival to exactly. even get to that point. To get to that point. Then you got somebody, your neighbor knocking on your door saying, hey, you want to you want a cold brew or you want to hit this? Right. And so it's it's numbing your pain for mm-hmm. your right now. So you don't want to think about where you're at right now. So let me just do what I need to do to just not think about where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. So that's kind of how that snowball effect, it just, you know, but... It happens, people. Yeah. I just want people to be aware of the next time you see somebody holding up a sign or the next time you're driving by a motel or, you know, just don't come up with that configuration. They can do better. Right. Or they, you know, they can go get a job just like everybody else. I hear that right. all the time. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. My yeah. favorite these days since the pandemic is people don't work because they don't want to because they're getting handouts. People aren't working because working is expensive. It costs money to work. You have to pay to go to work. You have to pay to, to have a job. It, it costs money. Um, and a, your job isn't paying you enough for that. And yeah. so it's not that people don't want to work. It's that I think we're, we're at a place now where, as a society, we need to reinvent what yeah. this, this whole experience means, you know, yeah. how let's start paying people fairly. Yes. Um, let's catch up to the rest of, of you know, expenses. Yes. Housing expenses have gone up, but yet people are still getting paid minimum wage. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you survive on that? Yeah. You know, there's only so much time in the day, even if you, for some people, even if they worked 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to afford this. And so I think as a society, as a community, there's a lot more that we can be doing to make sure that there are equitable opportunities for everyone. No one, no one should suffer for for trying to live yes. a better life. Yes, you know because they don't have a particular set of resources or um, connections or friends yeah. or family. I think we all 
we all strive mm. to be better for ourselves, for other people. And I think, you know, through work of people such as yourself mm. and through your ministry and, and just the way you are, just the light that you are everywhere you go, you're always smiling and happy and, and just so open to share your story. And I'm very grateful that you were here today to share your story with us. And um, as we close, if I would love for you to tell people where can they go to help, yes. to learn more about how they can help and how we can all be more compassionate people towards each other. Yes, of course, you can always go to my website at heaveninyourhomecatering.com. We have a We Give Back button. So if you just click on the We Give Back button, it will take you straight over to what all the ministry is about, One Body Many Members. And you can easily see several donation uh, buttons in there. Just click on one of those and donate. Or if you just want to write a check to P.O. Box 2376, Carrollton, Georgia, 30102 you can also do that as well well thank you Victoria thank you this has been another episode of Renegade Femme for the Revolution to continue the conversation join us on Facebook and Instagram at Renegade Femme for the Revolution you can connect with me your host at Zuleika Rendell on Instagram be sure to click follow on Spotify Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on to be the first to know when the next episode is released. Renegade Femme for the Revolution is recorded in studio at the Content Creation Center. This episode is produced and edited by Schiller Productions.